Alright guys, so welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. This is episode 73 and as always for a quick overview of the stories that I've found for you guys this week. We'll start off by looking at some new 3D printing technology that's building homes out of clay. They literally dug up just a few meters away from the site. Then how an incredible woman in the UK grew her own pair of jeans as an act of rebellion against the fast fashion industry. Then how we can use drones to remotely feed all of the animals that survive bushfires. And we'll finish up looking at some incredible wildlife crossing structures, which you may have seen for things like deer and elk, but this one is actually for red crabs. And just before we get into that first story, another quick reminder to, if you're listening on Spotify, to keep voting for your favorite uh, favorite story of the episode. Um, and then the other reminder was to keep sending through your good environmental news. I've had some incredible stories coming through on Instagram. Recently got sent one from Chloe about how the, uh, I forgot what he called himself. Some bloke is doing the Lord's work by uh, helping cure wombats with mange uh, and heaps more stories. So yeah, keep sending them through. They do help me a ton and really appreciate. Uh, and let me know what you guys are interested in as well. And there was one other reminder, which I have forgotten. So I think we'll just get straight into the first story. So to get straight into it, like I said, our first story is about a $1,000 3D printed eco home that was made from clay dug up just a few meters away from the site. The team behind this is the industrial 3D printing company Wasp who wanted to build eco homes using local soils to reduce the amount of transport emissions to get all the materials to the site and to also make the homes more connected to the land. To get the clay, the builders dig a tiny quarry next to where they'll print and because the houses are designed on computers and 3D printed, they can produce small scale models of the home first to test out the local soil. But before printing, the clay is mixed with other locally sourced materials such as agricultural waste or hemp to make it stronger and the builders also use that to fill in the cavity in the walls for insulation. And a couple of really cool things about this technology is that it allows the builders to be creative and design the houses to be perfectly suited to local conditions and if they want to build larger homes they can even synchronise up multiple printers to work together. And remember that little quarry next to the house where all of the soil came from? Well, they even designed the roofs of the home so that all of the water runs off of it and into the crater to turn it into a bit of a pond that you can use to raise fish or water your garden. And Wasp's next mission is to build a version of the homes that will be big enough to support four people without any electricity, water and sewer connections and they're even starting to talk about what this tech could mean for building on other planets. Now the second story on this week's episode is about an incredible lady from the UK who grew her own pair of jeans from seed. So it's estimated that every year 70 million pairs of jeans are sold in the UK, but these are the first ones to be 100% made in the country with the added benefit of using zero fossil fuel derived chemicals or dyes. The lady behind the pair is Justine Outersea Williams and she said that the project was done as an act of rebellion against the fast fashion industry, saying that it had become dangerously disconnected from what it takes to make the items. Her three-year journey started off when her and a bunch of volunteers removed old mattresses, sinks and around 150 bags of rubbish from an unused plot of land that would become the farm to grow the native fibres and dyes. And one super important choice she made was to swap out the cotton for flax as to grow enough cotton to produce just one pair of jeans, it takes around 10,000 litres of water. And after nine months of learning when she was able to turn the flax into linen, she recruited some more incredible volunteers from the community to help turn the fibers into sheets of material and then the final product. 
Justine said that all of the manual labor and hard work involved in the process gave her a much deeper respect for her clothes. And if you guys want to learn more or maybe even give this a shot yourself, she actually runs her own course that I'll leave down in the description. And so now moving on to our next story where we'll learn about how we can use drones to feed the animals that survive bushfires. Over the past few years, the world has experienced some devastating bushfires and something that you might not know is that most animals don't fall victim to the fire directly, but instead pass away after it due to a lack of food as well as predation because without their habitat, they have nowhere to hide. And so for one way to help the little guys out, Zoos Victoria have developed an emergency nutrition by air system that uses drones to remotely drop millions of food pellets that are suited to the species in the area. The drones can also be used to rapidly locate and potentially even assess animals as well to help rescuers get them into care sooner and give them the greatest chance of surviving. And to help address the housing crisis after these fires, conservationists are also deploying cardboard habitat pods to help ground dwelling things like small mammals, reptiles and flightless birds. The pods can be set up in a way to act as stepping stones that the animals can run between to move from the burnt area into unburnt habitat and they're even designed to naturally break down over 12 months while the natural vegetation recovers. And finally for the last story on this week's episode we're going to be having a look at a type of wildlife crossing and so we've definitely looked at them in the past uh, mainly for species like elk and bighorn sheep. But these are actually for, they're on Christmas Island and they're actually to help millions of crabs. And this is one story that I definitely recommend heading over to Instagram to check out the clip that comes out about it. Um, yeah, because it is insane. So every year, the first big rain of Christmas Island's wet season triggers millions of adult crabs to leave the forest at the center of the island where they spend most of their life and venture off to the ocean to reproduce. And along that journey, they have to overcome all sorts of obstacles such as cliffs, the invasive yellow crazy ant, and especially roads because you can imagine that slow moving crabs with extremely poor eyesight are probably not the best at crossing them. To help them out, every year the island blocks off heaps of roads for weeks at a time and for the crabs that don't stick to the route, going back to the poor eyesight thing, they even have crab shepherds to move them out of the way of cars. But for the roads that can't be blocked off or are too large for the shepherds, the islands built some incredible wildlife structures that let the crabs safely walk up one side, across the road, down the other, and continue their pilgrimage. Then at the sea, when the baby crabs hatch, they swim off into the nearby waters, and on years where there's favourable currents and they aren't all gobbled up by whale sharks and manta rays, they return to the island, covering it in a moving carpet of red on their way back up to the forests. And you might be wondering, well, why would you go through that much effort for some crabs? Well, according to the manager of Christmas Islands National Park, they're actually the island's keystone species, meaning they're crucial to the survival and health of the ecosystem. All right, guys, so that will do us for this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. Uh, like I said at the start, make sure to keep sending through all the good environmental news that you're coming across. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, you can do that through the section on the episode. Uh, and while you're there, make sure to vote too. Um, but yeah, make sure to do it. I really appreciate it and it helps out a ton. And it's a good way to see what you guys are interested in. Um, and yeah, anyway, that will do us for this week's episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.